This episode is brought to you by Derma RX Signature. Love the skin you're in. Hey young gods, we are approaching the end of the year and also the end of season 2. And I want to say that I saved the best conversations for last, but that will be doing a disservice to the amazing guests and conversations that have come before. I just have such good feelings about the next three or four episodes that will be ending the season. So, I'm in my feelings right now. That said, my guest on this 25th episode. Gosh, 25 episodes. Where do I find the fucking time? Anyway, my guest is a certified moving image specialist. That's just a fancy term for filmmaker. But they are his words, not mine, and I love it. He's an alumni of London Film School, rather London Film Academy, and the CEO of Wedding Doctors. Basically, he uses his filmmaking skills primarily in the wedding industry, and his one-of-a-kind web series called Beyond the Veal airs in 2020. His name is Emmanuel Okolo, affectionately known as Papilomexi. If you know, you know. Remember that guy that sued Two-Face? Way back in 2014, 2013, this is that guy. This man is a class act and a joy to be around. And as a result, there was a lot of laughs going around during this conversation. One of the things you'll notice is his sense of humor and how effortlessly he switches from humor to seriousness. Like that. His life story is just as incredible. He talked about how he almost became a priest and how he ate the Holy Communion while training to become a priest at that seminary. I mean, this guy has hilarious life stories and, and, and you're not ready, basically. And apart from that, we explored our relationships with our fathers and how that affected our career paths and more. Where we got really serious, though, was when we began to talk about marriage, relationships, you know, how his work is affecting those industries, and also Big Brother. Yes, Big Brother somehow came up and Papilomexi had a lot to say. Man, you need to listen to understand. Emmanuel and I have been wanting to do this for a while and it was worth the wait. I hope you enjoy it half as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. You're welcome. Gentlemen, I'm at CF1 Cafe with the one and only, the incredible, the ingenious, the creative, the man behind the myth. Hey. Man, I'm feeling this shit. I feel like I'm a, I'm a boxing announcer trying to, to announce the next heavyweight champion. Man, not next heavyweight, the returning heavyweight champion. The please. returning heavy. Uh, wow. Emmanuel Okolo. Me. AKA Papillo Mexi. <laughs> He's a photographer, filmmaker, creative individual, and all round brain. Bam. He's wearing some glasses, his thick spectacles. Oh, God. All black kaftan, all black everything, down to the slippers, man. Man, yo. 
Thank you, for, thank you for coming on, man. Thank, thank you, brother. You're Anything. a long time coming. Been a long time coming. I was like, man, this has to happen now That's or never. Before, before 2020. Before 2020, and I'm planning on employing four PAs, so it might be difficult for me. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Before your schedule has full and your price goes up. Yeah, exactly. Just take know? advantage of what it is now. Where do you even begin, man? So, like, first of all, I want you guys to know that this guy in front of me, he's not your average uh content creator or photographer or filmmaker he went he got his masters please say it say it, say it for, for them in, in case because i cannot say it properly uh, all right okay uh, <laughs> i'm a certified filmmaker graduated yeah. from uh, uh, the university of south wales uk uh, mm. got my first degree in london film academy mm. and my masters from the university of south wales and my masters was a moving image so mm. moving images yeah i like to take the glory and humbly say and mention in a very polite way yeah. i'm a certified moving image specialist hey yes, yes. pack pa, pa, what i hey. <laughs> the package yeah that's what i'm saying if you, google, <laughs> if you google me you'll find out i'm in good terms with google <laughs> yeah no man but that that, that london filmmaker Thing, man it has a nice string to it like it, it puts a gloss on yeah. your resume man yeah it does i mean I, I think london film academy was um where i actually practically discovered that i was meant for this yeah before then i was um before then i was in a madonna university yeah yeah i was studying electrical and electronics engineering yeah yeah i was in my final year and for mm-hmm. people who know madonna university <clears throat> And simply put, I was detained and I made it out of the prison. I escaped. <laughs> you, you want to know I escaped. Are you oh, joking or are you serious? I'm dead serious. I mean, um, see, now I think they think I'm still a student or an alumni. But yeah? Yeah. I left the school. I escaped from the cell. And then got home on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, Benny. Then I was dating a Benny girlfriend. <laughs> and I think I remember then she was the one that gave me 700 naira for my transport then. Oh, wow. And uh, to get back to Abuja. Yeah. And when I got to Abuja on a Monday, on the Thursday, I was off to the United Kingdom. Well, that was the biggest surprise and best gift ever. Yeah? Yeah, for my parents, yeah. So, so what was that like? Like, what would you say was, like, mixed, distinguishes going to London Film School, Film Academy, yeah. and maybe being self-taught or other form of, yeah, the, the interesting thing about London Film Academy, like I said, um, the truth is, before then, and I think that was in 2003 or four, I'd never traveled out. Yeah. Yeah, so, so imagine leaving Madonna University as glorious as it was then, mm. straight to London. The the culture shock you get when you, <laughs> for the first time, I remember the first time I got to the airport. My mom kept warning me from Abuja when I was going to the airport. She was like, Emeka, wear your jacket. You know, I said, Mom, you know, um, this is Yopi. I went to Area 1, then I bought BYC singlet. And I was trying to feel cool with myself. <laughs> and by the time I alerted the plane, got out from, checked out yeah, the, the immigration and everything. As soon as the door from the airport opened and the first breeze that blew me, I just pulled my shoe, removed the socks, <laughs> wore it to my hand. My aunt was like, is everything okay? I said, this is hang glove. I don't care about <laughs> <laughs> And I carried my shoe. <laughs> my so, I mean, the culture shock, back to what I was saying, the culture shock then was was what hit me. And I think for a while, I found it difficult to blend. Mm. Um, 
first of all, initially I was thinking I was a racist, but I found out that I was pretty overwhelmed by the culture, the the system, mm. the, um, how things worked. I was not used to things working properly. And when Shit. they worked properly, yes. And when they worked properly, I felt I was the only one left out because I'm the only one that sees a problem mm-hmm. with the system working properly as a then. I think at that period, I was literally the only Nigerian in my class. So again, that actually, trust me, I had to start all over again when I got to then the University of Glamorgan, mm-hmm. South Wales. Yeah. Um, I was in my final year, I think, in uh, Madonna University before then. And mm-hmm. when I got there, they didn't recognize my certificate and transcripts. I think I think I attempted to do that, mm. and I had to start all over again. So I started from foundation, yeah. computer systems engineering. Yeah. After which, I moved into information technologies, yeah. then into a combined studies department. Combined my information technologies with mm. media communication. Media com- media studies became my minor. And with time, they found out that my minor was stronger than my major. Mm. As I, it was actually a very... That's actually a story for another day. I don't know how long this is, but I can actually break that down for you. It's mm. actually been a very unique part. My academic career, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's as customized as any other thing. Like, I've done it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> how, how so? We're, we have time. Okay, oh, but time. All right. Okay, so... Um, like I said, <clears throat> when I got to London, I started all over again. I started, um, my foundation was in computer systems engineering. Mm. And um, the first thing that that kind of um, slowed me down, because then I almost repeated the year. Mm-hmm. And that was because there was this huge language barrier. In as much as they, speak, they spoke English then, yeah. They still speak English. Uh, but their English was Welsh English. I couldn't understand the consonants, the mm-hmm. vowels, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. most of my lecturers then were Welsh. And um, due to that, uh, I, f- I was very slow in learning. Uh, I didn't understand that when they were teaching in class, I always would go back to the studio or rather the lab afterwards to learn some more. Then picked up a program, Welsh English, I think at some point. I think mm. it was just a more crucial also. Well, yeah, with time I got to, I got used to their system, I got used to their communication, um, their language. And when I got into my first year, uh, the first semester, first two semesters, I was doing fair, I was good. But they also found out that I was not still good in programming because he had a little bit of programming in it. Then they called me, they called me and did a proper evaluation on my courses and what I do, my lifestyle. And they came up with a blueprint on how they think I could actually. Um, walk around it. So they asked me to drop four of those models, that is the programming models, mm-hmm. and replace it with anything I'm in love with. And as an Igbo man then, I was like, so anything I'm in love with, man, which other course won't suffer me? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, photography. They were like, wow, photography. I said, yes, photography, at least I won't write exam. It's only camera, we carry up and down. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, okay, why not do the media studies? So they taught photography and a little bit of film, yeah. I think. So I picked it up, and yeah, and that's what gave birth to what I am today. And when I picked it up, um, my by my <coughs> second semester, yeah, I was already scoring way over what my peers were scoring. Instead of doing my internship with BBC, which I applied to, then I I went into London Film Academy, mm. did a couple of professional courses there, and for the year got a certification from Apple, mm. uh, a, a certification from London Film Academy as well. And by the time I presented my movies and what I've done and my certification, yeah. automatically they said, "Well, this qualifies you to do your masters." 
and I'm like, wow, but I've not finished my degree. They were like, well, it's an option. So instead of continuing my final year, mm -hmm. I went straight to master's for my second year. Oh, yeah? Yes, I went straight to master's. That's how exceptional you were. That, that's how lucky and exceptional, I would love to say that. I was. And when I got there, I was like, oh, my God. In fact, that was where the drama started. My dad never knew. I'd switched courses oh. uh, because he kept paying school fees. <laughs> <laughs> so out of excitement that day, I knew when they gave me the admission for my master's then, mm. I was like, oh, thank God. Now I can tell my dad with confidence that I'm doing my master's. Yeah. All of a sudden, I called my dad. I said, dad, uh, how are you, my son? I said, I'm very fine, daddy. I'm like, okay, so, um, daddy, you were like, yeah? I said, I have good news. You were like, wow, good news. What do you have to say, my son? <laughs> fine. Is your result out? I said, I said that, Dad, just calm down. <laughs> or like, there's the news better than the result. It was like, okay, what is it? Shoot. I said, Dad, I'm doing my master's. I'm like, eh? <laughs> he caught the phone. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Don't tell me what. <laughs> and he called back again. It was like, I'm like, I come on Skype. I was like, why? Well, I come out to see you. <laughs> And I came on Skype, I was like, okay, daddy, what is it? He said, repeat what you said. And I said, um, Amaka, that's my mom. Uh -huh. My mom sat down. I was like, listen to your son. So repeat. I said, dad, I'm doing my master's. I was like, oh my God. So, you've entered Yahoo Yahoo now. So, you have said defrauding the white people now. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't understand. He said, when did you finish your degree? I've not seen your results. No, no result from second year, no result from third year. And all of a sudden, you're doing your master's. Do you have a valid visa? <laughs> or like, Dad, I don't understand. You say, no, no, no. Explain to me, I'm your father. You cannot defraud me in Nigeria and defraud me. <laughs> so he insisted that, in a long story short, he insisted that I must pay. He says, I'm doing the master's and mm. I'm really smart and the school believes in me. I should pay for the school fees, wow. for the master's. But another part of him believed that i was capable of doing it as in mm. he knew i wasn't the academic in fact for lack of better word maybe you could censor this i felt when i was growing up i was an academic prostitute mm, 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 because i had i was battling between being academically sane and morally sane as well i was a very stubborn child yeah. so so i moved from ckc to the seminary mm. i think the way they put me there was because they thought that i could become a priest i can't even imagine becoming a priest anyway but yeah, that's, finished, yeah, that's something in your history that you, you almost became a priest. Yes, I almost became a priest. What in the hell? As in, I didn't <laughs> even see that comment. And I now realize after I graduated that my dad donated, when the seminary opened 1987 or 86, and my dad was a chairman then, he promised them that his first son would come to the seminary. I was like, what the hell? How can you make such promises? Eh? I was like, no. So I now realize, I was like, wait, dad, and this was years after I'd left the school. I was like, dad, hold on, you donated me to seminary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why. Why did you donate me to seminary? He was using you to plant seeds. Using me to plant seeds. I said, why will you use me to plant? You have not even let, finished letting me grow. You are not planting me back as a seed. I was like, well, that's heartless of you, man. Without your consent. And with me and him now, I mean, being grown up and an adult, he had to explain because there are some things he had to make clear. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he just felt that, yes, giving his son to... To God, back to God was a gift to nature. Like, so like well. Isaac. And I was like, that that would have been the biggest mistake, really, if I succeeded because I'm crazy. 
<laughs> you are crazy. And I don't think they even have any kind of crazy prince like They do not. Yeah, yeah. I could be the next conventional pope with tracksuit. Then, or maybe with hand glove and maybe bling bling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love doing things unconventionally. Yeah. So I didn't even see me wearing a cassock. Yeah. And I wear a cassock and have Nike in front of it instead of the cross. Sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah. So, I mean, that being said, that's mm. actually what, what, um, what defined me and my academic path, really. Mm. Yeah, it was actually a very big struggle to convince my dad. I think my dad relaxed for the very first time the day I was nominated. My film was nominated for a, for an award oh. um, in the Cambridge Film Festival. Oh wow! And instead of my, and now what this is what I did. So instead of them sending my invite to me mm. in South Wales, my address, I put the address of my dad in Nigeria. Mm, mm, mm. And when my dad got the invitation, he, mm. he called me out of excitement. Hey, hello, my son. I said, yes, daddy. Your group, have, your group of Yahoo boys have sent me another document. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand. Group of Yahoo boys. But like, hey, now, share your film is nominated for award. What film is that? I'm like, oh, daddy, that's my Cambridge. He said, oh, no, oh, no. When will uh, Mecca, what is going on? Just tell me what is going on. I'm like, dad, my film has been nominated. He said, which kind of nominated? Have you finished your master's? I'm like, no, I'm not finished the master's. He said, so you're still in the master's and your film is still nominated? As Okay, okay, okay. Just keep it in mind. Use your conscience, my son. Use it. And spending money. Yeah. I'm like, okay, no problem. But then, I think at that point, he had this official selection, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think at that point he he began to. I think he saw the posters, he saw the publications in the schools, mm. and um, saw my my film online, mm. and I was like, okay, fine. I think I think my son has got this. I think he, he has it actually. So mm. I think from there, he 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 got a little bit relieved, but not completely relieved mm. until I relocated back to Nigeria, twenty eleven. Mm. And that was the first day I had a confrontation with my dad. Mm. And they told me, so you are back now to carry cameras up and down. And you studied abroad. And I've told my friends that you studied abroad. <laughs> and I saw you in church last week Sunday. When people were praying, you were carrying cameras up and down. <laughs> During the mass, During right? the mass. I was like, how? can explain to me your next move. I like that. My next move, you know, is to set up an empire. He kept looking at me. Set up an empire. Okay, make a one thing. First things first. You see that British book? Tear it. Pick up a Nigerian book. What works here never works there. Yeah. And I never understood what it meant. And mm. that was the blatant truth. I had to pick up the Nigerian manual and mm. dump the British manual because then it was... Um, it was a different ball game. And my dad, still, he believed in me, I knew, but he needed to be convinced about the path I was trolling as a then, mm. and he had to once in a while throw in some words, mm. provoke me mm. to inform him mm. on what my next moves were. And I think at some point he told me, I will keep feeding you as long as you're under this house. Mm. And as long as you're under this house, you follow my rules. Mm. And I think my dad knew me too well. That was enough to provoke me to do the otherwise. Yeah. And that provoked me. I was like, Dad, give me six months. Wow. And after six months, I was nominated by the sixth, or before the sixth month, I think by the fourth month, I was nominated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture to travel to America for my very first time on them. 
to document the entire process of the biotechnology mm, invention. Yeah. So I was in seven states, or no, four states in the United States. Wow. And when I got that invitation for the first time, my dad knew something had changed, really. Mm. Normally, they line up for their visas, application, do the interviews, but I didn't even have to do that. I just went for briefing, video conferencing with three countries, after which they gave me my passport, gave me my visas. And for the very first time in America, I entered there on grounds of the Americans inviting me to do something. Yeah. Simply because, again, they knew me as a media specialist. Yeah. It was at that point my dad was like, okay, my son, you see that video? Once we finish shooting, we are editing it together. <laughs> <laughs> we are editing this video together. I'm like, dad, wait, hold up. <laughs> We're like, no, no, no. When you finish cutting, show me. I'll give you some correction. I'm like, dad, you are not. You say, hold on. <laughs> and it was at that point he opened up to me that he has always been a photographer. Yes. He was taking photographs, passport photographs as at nineteen sixty something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was. Wow. He was wow. he was a photographer in Mina and I just take that. So he always took with the red background, white background. Mm-hmm, he had mm-hmm, stacks mm-hmm. of people's photographs that he had taken in the past and stuff. It was like whatever you're doing now was exactly what I never followed when I was much younger. And uh, he was also a DJ too, as well. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So, so I, I, I knew at some point there was something about my decision that was in sync with what he had done. Mm. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't a good singer because my mom is a fantastic singer. Yeah. Um, but I just knew I was more artistic, and I didn't like to do things the conventional way. Yeah. So when he said that, it mm. was like, you, you have my support. I, I think at this point, I've. I've that's when you you, yeah. you 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 proved yourself. You yeah, proved yourself. Proved myself. I was like, and you know yeah. that's 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 what that's what I know. What I'm listening to you, mm-hmm. and there's so many parallels between my journey and yours. Yeah, wow. Starting from well, you have that um, you know that resume as a, a alumni of London Film Academy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a gloss about it. Mm-hmm. For me, my own gloss is the fact that I went to Loyola Jesuit College. Mm-hmm. You know Loyola? Yeah, I know Loyola. Yeah, I went there uh, wow. two thousand and one. And then my uni in South Africa, mm. um, Monash University, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the, the main campus is in Australia. And it's, the Australian campus is known all over the world. So just having that degree in my listening makes mm-hmm. me, my, my wow. resume that much better. Cool. But then where it gets really interesting between us is that how I chose my degree when I was going to that uni. Mm. I, I knew that whatever I did, I'll be fine. Like I wasn't going to be, be like the best student, but I knew that if anything I picked... Last, last, I'll leave this place with a degree. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know how I chose it? Yeah, wow. And I know you, you, if you hear this, you'll just, you'll laugh. You just know it's the same character with me. Yeah. I decided to go with, I asked the, the representative, the person who was helping me choose. I said, yeah. which one has the most women? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> And they, let, they told me journalism and international relations. And I picked it. Wow. And true to that, I was one of maybe five guys amongst love foreign women Are you serious? and i had the time of my life not because i did anything <laughs> with them <laughs> but, oh wow 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 but, that, now this is very interesting yeah but just because i i just enjoyed the company the company right. and you know just and there's something i learned early growing up like nothing is good for a young man's ego or or, or self-esteem than being well criticized by women yeah i think women are amazing and if they see you in a, in a good light they respect you if they see you as someone they can be safe with confiding that says a lot about a man yeah so um that period is where i really like honed my my skills of how to relate with women you know how they how they even though you can never get them sure but 
you just let me know that just to be comfortable with the uncertainty of mm-hmm. being around women mm-hmm. and then now following in my dad also had plans for me well. you know evil men you yeah, know, they always yeah, have yeah. my dad had plans they, that I would um, take over the empire take over you know <laughs> going to the uh, become a diplomat like he was because he, he was a diplomat oh, wow. he retired okay. um, about a year ago a diplomat and then I would you know Following this chieftaincy title because it's one that can be passed down. Yeah. So and then I can't, but I can't speak Igbo. <laughs> like that. Interesting. I totally threw out the manual for going to uh, joining the civil service and doing NIA work because it was an NIA. Yeah. And then um, I. Oh yeah, another par- parallel. Yeah. When I came back to Nigeria. Yeah. With my camera. Yeah. I was in church as well. Are you, are you serious? I swear. <laughs> Trinity. Are you serious? Yes. Though, I will never forget. My, one of my first like projects was just going around the mass. Yeah. Communion. Yeah. Chat, chat. Offering. Yeah. Chat, chat. <laughs> Incense. <laughs> chat, chat, chat. <laughs> Bro. As we have the same thing because I remember when my father saw me they were doing the benediction and everyone was kneeling down I was standing up. Yeah. He just looked at me with his <laughs> Like, why the hell is my son standing up in the middle of the church? Do you know? Yeah. And then, also, the, the idea of you know, defying our fathers. Yeah. So I served in the state house. I served at, during Jonathan's time. Oh, wow. 2014, 15, I served in the state house um, in presidency. Mm. And after my service here, I came to my dad. And he was the one I worked to put me there and everything. Mm. I came and told him that even though they want to retain me, I want to carry camera around. Yeah. And he was incensed. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. After everything that you have yeah. done, everything I've, everything I've done, all these wonderful opportunities, all my name and, 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 and reputation I've built so you can do, you want to go and carry camera? It just didn't, you know, it didn't yeah, make they sense. Never, yeah, they would never say it at all. But then just like you, when the rewards started coming in, when I made my first um, magazine cover, when I got my first uh, cover on this day, wow. you know, wow. When um, newspapers began to publish my stuff and magazines, he started to put them in his office and his wall. You get, you <laughs> exactly collect them. You get that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot that happens when a young man or anybody, you know, mm-hmm. defies the authority that is in their life. You know, just you want to make your own way. You want to see what you can do mm-hmm. with your own oh, yeah. hand. And the only important thing is they always underestimate what they do when they send us abroad. It's like you gave me wings yeah. and I use them. Now you're yeah. mad. I interrupted your listening to tell you that there are two things you must take care of. Your mind and your skin. Your skin is what attracts people and your mind is what makes them stay. While you can enrich your mind with books, meditation and podcasts, your skin requires a professional touch and for that, I recommend Derma RX Signature, a molecular spa right here in Abuja that offers a range of skincare services and products. They are the reason my skin is of the gods. What makes them special is that they offer what I like to call bespoke skincare, which means that your skin is treated as one of one. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach to skincare. You have your unique needs as an individual, and so does your skin. And Derma RX knows how to meet your skin's very specific needs. Check them out on IG at Derma RX Signature. One word. That's D-E-R. M-A-R-X Signature Tell them Rodney sent you for a discount Services are by appointment only 
Papillon, where were we? Yeah, man, we were talking about... So your kids, man. Yeah, my kids, yeah. Well, what about my kids? The liquid form or the... Because <laughs> I still have kids in me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the ones that have, have fully formed, are you going to use them and, 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 and uh, plant it? You know, I would do... Not exactly what my dad did, but... Yeah. You know what? It's easy to say that now, right? Mm. But I feel like, you know, in many ways, unless we're really conscious about it or mm-hmm. intentional, we tend to just end up like our fathers uh, without even knowing. I would, day, to be honest, I would love to. And there are many qualities about my dad I'm in love true, with. Yeah, true. I would love to. Uh, I would love to end up a different person. I feel like if we were even half the men our father were yeah. or are, yeah, we would even be lucky. We'll be lucky exactly. because they're they're amazing. That they're they're key key personalities about my dad. I'm in love mm. with, and I still find it difficult to to comprehend how he's been able to build that mm. stuff. And I think and I think that goes that goes a long way in terms of um um I think the way they've molded in the in the olden days, right? yeah. and the parents, the morals, mm. uh, the tenacity, the discipline, and all them stuff. My dad had a rough 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 um didn't they young? yeah the, yeah when he was young he had really rough stories and i think i'm here to i think i think if you if you go through biafra mm. it really changes you it oh, really yeah. makes you hardened <clears throat> oh yeah and i think our fathers are, were both in yeah. the thick of things when yeah. biafra will happen and, yeah you're very right there are stories they'll never share with us they will never share even till now that's one of the things i'm trying to battle with him mm. i'm not the things that we've not had very good time but once in a while once we have time we have time i, I sit with him mm. i tell him just tell me a little bit of those stories because i'm now in that field where i'm fortunate enough to be a storyteller mm. and translating the stories to good visuals mm. and uh, my dad's story is one of those stories i would love to tell mm. and uh, from the little he has told me um it's it's something i see worthy of an oscar nomination and i told him that i was like i'm gonna bring the oscar home with your story hey. just complete it hey. i just don't want it to die on me that's when it, that uh, is going to yeah that's so it, we're uh, still working on it you know i think yeah, that, that that's the perfect don't to 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 be alive to see how the journey unwinds you know yeah i think i think if they if they passed without us getting to where we're supposed to get to mm-hmm. it would it would pain them even more than it pains us yes one because you know, there's that sense of let's say let's say they had any regrets when it came to our decisions now, and they never said anything about it, mm-hmm. and they never got to see the end. The end. Of they always yeah. feel like they messed up, we messed up. It was just not yeah. a, a complete yeah. story. I know, I can, I can slightly understand. Yeah. How they're gonna feel. Really. Yeah. yeah, but if they if they see it all the way to the end and they can, you know, that fulfillment, that fulfillment, yeah. and to be like a sense of like growth, like they can now see the value of you know mm-hmm. letting things play out they will now wish maybe they had done it yeah and start advising us on how to address that differently no. from what they've done exactly yeah i agree with you completely i think that's what's happening to mm. to most of our parents today i think mm. um, the society today and our generation today uh we're evolving really fast and mm. we're actually our evolution is completely now dependent on the events around us yeah and the events around us now for lack of better word is pretty ugly oh, yeah. yeah so so you'll find out that most of the decisions made by the teenagers today or the youth in particular today it, it isn't future proof yeah, yeah. you'll find out that it's just it's a decision that solves the problem for now for now yeah but yeah. it has huge implications for the future 
So, and that's my biggest fear because I know I was having a conversation with my dad mm. one day. He, by the way, he's never scared of saying the day I will die. And I'm like, dude, don't get too comfortable with this. The day you will die. You're scaring the shit out of me. Yeah. And it's looking like I'm not achieving a lot. Yeah. But he, he was worried about our generation. And I remember mm-hmm. he said that, that what he's scared about is mm-hmm. that our generation might not have the luxury to celebrate 50 years anniversary or 25 years anniversary like they did. Mm. And that's because of the kind of relationships and friendship we're building now. Mm. Um, and I never understood what that meant until a couple of, what, I think, what, a couple of years ago. Mm. And that's when it dawned on me that, yeah, truly, um, the relationship and friendship we're keeping now yeah. isn't healthy enough to breed the next generation. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's what completely changed the perspective when I started covering weddings. Yeah. Um, I wasn't looking at creating a fantastic videos for weddings. I was looking at telling the story mm. of the couple yeah. as unique as possible, closest yeah. to the truth possible without doctoring it, without yeah. doing too much detail. Even though you're wedding yeah, doctors. Yeah, even if I'm... Oh, but you don't want to doctor it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I really don't want to doctor it. Mm-hmm. I've always been running away from priesthood and evangelism and... I was not a fan of all this name of the Dominus, Dodis, but I wasn't a fan of this. <laughs> in fact, when I was a mass server, I used to eat the Holy Communion with stew. So when, as in the seminary, I would keep my stew in the night, carry it to the sacristy, eat half of the Holy Communion, and the priest wouldn't know because then they... Then I used to believe it's magic. <laughs> like, when they finish praying on the chalice, they open it, to multiply. multiply. Like, today I'm going to... I'm going to scatter your magic. But I like it. So I ate more than half. I think I left like nine body eh? coming. Yeah, I ate all the hell out of it. And then in the seminary, they had this moment they called Magnum Silence. That is the hour of great silence. Yeah. So you're not meant to talk from 10 p.m. till after the mass the next day. So 10 to 8 a.m. Mm. You're not meant to say a word. You say a word, you'll be expelled automatically. From the school? From the school. Yeah. So hour of great silence, they were saying their prayers. The mass started. I had already eaten half of the Holy Communion. And I was a mass server. So I was just there praying with the priest. And when it came to the consecration, the man finished praying, opened his chalice, and saw what he saw. <laughs> now, out of grace silence, he couldn't talk to me. I couldn't talk to him. <laughs> so we kept looking at ourselves. I was like, dude, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but your magic is not working. <laughs> I think you better close this and I pray again. <laughs> and the guy looked at me and was like, well, this guy, he knew I ate that Holy Communion. I had no choice. I was praying. I was so into prayer. Then. <laughs> I kept looking at him. The man didn't even know what to do. I just saw him confused. Like, oh, okay. He prayed. He knelt down. And that was the longest prayer kneeling down. And in my mind, I was like, I know what this guy is planning. He's going to kill me after that. <laughs> but Lord God, he might be praying for grace. <laughs> yeah. So when the Holy Communion session happened, he had to, I mean, to get away, he had to break the, break. the, the bread in yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. and give people. But I was responsible for people not having a whole blessing. <laughs> then, yeah. Now that being said, you ate their blessing. Yeah, yeah, I ate their blessing. And I think that's what I'm overflown with. I'm, I'm filled up with now. Uh, uh, some blessings taken by force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did steal the blessing, but I took the blessings by force. By and I force. Think that's what the, the grace I'm having now. Hey. Like I said, I, I, the evangelism part is what I've always wanted to avoid. Mm. And somehow, 
I created this platform called The Wedding Doctors with hopes that, you know, I'll start telling fantastic stories considering mm. the fact that I've come from a film background, you know, try to change the narrative in the wedding industry. Mm. But now, after a couple of years, three, four years down the line, mm. I'm still back to evangelism. Yeah. Pretty much. Yes, that's what it is. I'm still back to the evangelism because now I'm no more paying more attention. I'm not paying attention to the weddings anymore. I think I'm more concerned about the quality of the marriage now. Considering the fact, again, that I'm not married yet. Yeah. But I think the consciousness of being aware of the next phase and the problems and challenges and finding possible solutions around it mm. is what drives me now to create what I create now. And I think being single yourself yeah. maybe makes you a bit more objective. Yes, I think, yeah. About... That, that's, I, I, and I think that's what even my dad said at one point. Mm. He was like, you are running wedding doctors uh, as CEO. If they call you Ineko, <laughs> CEO. One, what qualifies you? You're not even married. <laughs> so how will you be a doctor? Reduce that title. I was like, daddy, no, man, this is an inspiration. We're like, inspiration. <laughs> I will not even listen to what you have to say until you get married. So. <laughs> I like that. Don't worry. You're coming on the show. Yeah, mommy. Yeah, you must talk about that even more. For sure. You know? And and it's for my dad, I could see the joy anytime and my parents you know, when they're talking to me mm. and uh, stuff. I know my dad really wants the best for me. But I think more importantly, he he is hoping I change the narrative and perception about marriages and relationships. Mm. Knowing too well that his son too has some flaws. Mm. But I've been able to design a platform where for lack of better word, I'm, I'm building an ecosystem between mm. potential newlyweds and the vendors themselves where yeah. we can coexist and uh, find solutions around the marriages yeah. um, and bring in some key people like marriage counselors, yeah. the religious as well, to see how they actually polish and take care of the marriages after the wedding. Yeah. I think I've grown to understand that it's not all about the wedding. Mm. Staying married, that's the most important thing. That's, that's, yeah. that's really it. And I think that's the path of my evangelism now. Mm. <clears throat> I'd like to take you back for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that uh, your dad's concern about our generation and mm-hmm. marriage going mm-hmm. forward is that there might not be any 20-year, 50-year anniversaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I that's, that's one way to look at it. But then for me, as someone who knows that really a lot of marriages that last mm-hmm. they it's more like a a labor of i don't I, I can't even say love because most of these guys they stay together because it's just more convenient than the actual yeah, you know what marriage you. entails yeah. so is is the goal to you know be able to say you stayed long enough or to actually you make stayed. a good marriage that is worth staying in do you get yeah. you don't want to have to feel like oh yeah i don't want to um get this divorce because you know my our colleagues or friends and families are going to say that we did not make it you know yeah. that we finished in five years instead of other people are doing 20 years mm-hmm. i think the, the goal should be more to you know find situations that make 50 years like more sustainable Mm-hmm. than just doing it for the sake of getting there. Yeah, I, I think I, <clears throat> I, I think I understand where you're coming from. And this is my own opinion about it. Mm. Simply put, 90% or 95% of the relationships we have today, our marriages we have today, are built wrongly. Yeah. Yeah, and um, 
and it's built on grounds that it's either they're carried away by the effect of social media or technology or whatever it is. Mm. I still feel most of them have not even paid attention to building friendship because I believe the friendship begets the relationship. Mm. And it's also traces it, uh, this this fact traces as far as when our parents got married mm. or when they were cutting. Mm. Because when you ask your parents and ask my parents too as well, um, and this is if you want to do a proper genuine evaluation of what happened or why mm. they stayed this long. My parents have been married for 38 years, almost 40 years now. And um, I remember... I asked my dad once, mm. what's the quality of the years you guys have spent together? I need mm. to break it down mm. for me. Mm. Uh, I want to know the quality of these 30 years, 38 yeah. years you yeah. spent. Is it 12 years of love, two years of fighting, three years of beating up? Or, or, just, or just five years of doing nothing? Just enduring just each other's enduring presence. Each other's presence as yeah. in, I think until we do those proper evaluations, you'll be able to know if you really are future-proof for any 25 years anniversary. Because even our parents that celebrate 50 years anniversary, I, I still some some of them are not even as successful as what we celebrate today. Because yeah. you might be in that marriage for 60 years, and the quality of good times you spent is on an average four years. Yeah. And the remaining is just enduring. You're enduring, just enduring the other yeah. party. And... Um, that again is what I don't want for my kids. Yeah. It's what I don't want for the next future. Yeah. But again, technology is not even helping because yeah. again, Instagram tells you in less than 60 seconds, you must make sense if you are talking. Yeah. And if you don't make sense in 60 seconds, you move to IGTV. Yeah. Yeah, you can continue to watch yeah. and uh, see if I make sense. And mm. Snapchat tells you in less than 10 seconds, you must make sense. So, so, so somehow technology has capped our attention to each other and um, we don't now have the patience and tolerance to understand individuals mm, first before mm. we jump into the marriage itself. Yeah. Uh, I believe the marriage itself is is a different ballgame yeah. compared to being in a relationship. Yeah. But again, if you're in a good relationship, marriage will really not matter. In fact, in my own opinion, I feel the fact that you call it marriage already makes it scary for almost more than 50% of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would I call it marriage? And you find that naturally happens when you are friends with a particular girl, you guys get along with anything, people can call each other, insult each other, you can see with any guy or any chick and you you know, people can just about it after as friends. Mm. But the day you propose to the girl or the day you could then you call out my girlfriend, if you don't call her by ten ten thirty that day, oh. it's a problem. Hey. If you call her by ten thirty five instead, you explain where the five minutes went to <laughs> <laughs> You explain where the five minutes went to because it's not yeah. a, a so again, that's that's my own concern and my mm. own opinion about yeah. this. And I feel our mothers, I might be wrong with what I'm saying, but I feel based on the research I've done, I feel our mothers too as well were guilty of this because I believe the reason most of them even had long uh, marriage stands like their 30 years, 25 years, 30 years anniversary was simply because they were enslaved to a system. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They that were enslaved it. to a system. Yeah. And, and they had no choice. So you see yeah. our parents, maybe some of our parents who, who are not even talking to each other, they had a very serious fight the night before. Mm. But you'll find out that the mom early in the morning, the wife early in the morning will cook, make the breakfast and drop it for the husband. Yeah. And go. So the norm still happens. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not in good terms. 
So, so you find out that there was a system that was already defined by the both of them, either consciously or subconsciously, that they were not willing to let go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you find them spending 30 years under yeah. the same roof, but they are only talking for seven years. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that yeah. because the other day, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom mm. and she said, you know, that she was, she was talking about marriage and she was like, white people, mm. right? Oibo, those in the West, mm -hmm. that they don't value marriage as much as we do because their divorce rate is so high and everything. Mm -hmm. And I've been hearing that argument for the longest time. You know how in Nigerians talk, mm -hmm. ah, marriage is better here because, you know, mm -hmm. our marriage lasts and those ones, they're always, any small, they divorce, divorce, divorce. And it wasn't until I had this conversation with my mother last week, actually, it wasn't, in fact, just, it just came to my mind now that we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. And was when we we're talking, I now realized that that narrative is some bullshit because, because that's just what we tell, that's what they tell themselves to feel better mm -hmm. about, you know, the trash mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they have been churning for mm -hmm. so long. Mm -hmm. When I feel like the fact that a society allows you to divorce as often as you need to, mm -hmm. I think that's a very, very healthy community. Mm -hmm where you're not forced to stay in a situation that is that is Toxic. at your detriment yeah. for because of some cultural belief or because of what people will say. That's, that's really it. What people mm -hmm. will say, that's why exactly. they stay together. Mm -hmm. Not because there's any um, real reason. But over there, because the laws, and also here, the laws don't allow for divorce to be so favorable to women. Because mm -hmm. if you get a divorce, you just carry with what you came mm -hmm. and you go, the mm -hmm. man will carry on. But there, at least, the woman, she... And she's entitled to half. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So divorce is more, you know, it's, it's more agreeable. Mm -hmm. So I was saying to her that people don't divorce here because one, it's not convenient for the woman. Mm -hmm. Two, it's not convenient for the, the that's our, our belief in, our what do you call it? Beliefs, yeah. what, what would people say? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. our main thing. Every yeah. small decision is what people, people say, say. Yeah. or think. Yeah. And once you have that, there's a lot of things you cannot do. Hey young gods, some of you know me as the host of this great podcast, but what you may not know is that I'm the founder of a creative agency that develops and manages brands. It's called Avo Creative. We help businesses figure out what makes them unique, what sets them apart in the marketplace, and then we build a brand around that idea. Without a well-defined brand, you're just another business offering the same products and services in a crowded market. We're looking to work with ambitious entrepreneurs who want to take their businesses to the next level. What you're selling is dope. You know it. Your staff knows it. It's about time the world knew it too. Visit avocreativehouse.com to see how we roll. That's avocreativehouse.com. Get in touch and let us help you take things to the next level. So yeah, I think yeah. your evangelism, evangelism is going to be so key if part of it is, you know, if people are more comfortable with the idea that you can end a marriage, mm. you get, if our generation is comfortable with that, it means that one, people are not going to get into marriages for any reason other than they want to. Mm -hmm. And two, they will not, they'll be less afraid to get into marriages. Because mm -hmm. I think what terrifies people more than anything is that you get into a situation that's not ideal mm -hmm. and you're stuck. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. But again, why would you buy a car with intention knowing to where that it's comfortable for you to swap or or dump the car anytime it's not working properly or but, repair? You know? But that's no one. No one buys a car to want to do that. But knowing that you can, mm. knowing that when when you have more money, you can um, upgrade it. Upgrade it. Or when you need when you're in your worst dire streets, mm. you can sell it for some cash. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes the idea of, of owning a car. You know, very, very um, enticing. I, I, I think I think you have you have a strong point. But if you're stuck with yeah. the car forever, forever, yeah, you want to make sure you buy something that that is well solid and yeah. I think you have got to that situation, um, that position in life now, especially mm. our generation where mm. I think before before we even get most of the marriages today, let's say sixty percent of the marriages today, before they even get in, mm. they are actually more prepared for divorce than the marriage itself. So so they are pretty fortified about. If this man doesn't get his act together within the first one year, mm. I, I have my escape plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so they, they, unlike the way it ought to be, mm. really, because there's no crime in marriage between you and your partner being the only option, no option B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then if there's if it's just option A, the both of you that that's what the marriage is. The mm. both of you need to come together to see how it works. Mm. How it's going to work regardless of our differences what we need to compromise for the tires to go move mm. or we need to compromise for the boots to come down mm. or, or you know so it's it, I, <clears throat> I think being aware of the fact that you can divorce mm. is as dangerous as being in the marriage too as well because what we try to do is take advantage of that really uh, yeah oh i can divorce ah. And you'll find out that people don't even put in 100% into making something work. Mm, mm, mm. They just pay attention. They were like, do you know what? I'm not even going to stress myself. Oh, if this man doesn't give me money four times for mm. food, I'm looking for a way out. Yes. Yeah. And they will not pay attention to the fact that, oh, wow, if this man doesn't have money mm. or cannot provide stuff. You know, I, I have a colleague of mine, a very good friend of mine. Yeah. He didn't have money for his wedding. But he cut his coat according to his condition, not even cloth, mm. to his condition. And <laughs> his, his, his wife almost didn't wear white wedding dress. Well, like, she almost wore blue, the same outfit they wear in the, in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was so happy when I saw the guy. I was like, dude, the both of you came together to acknowledge the situation as it were. Mm. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that when he was talking to me, he wasn't aware of the possible problems that might come because the fact that this happened and the woman is comfortable she's mm, fine with mm, it mm, mm. and if it continues for two years mm. she'll be burnt out mm. so she's also aware yeah. of those possibilities yeah. of those problems coming up and maybe prompting a divorce yeah. if need be but he's not even prepared for that so he's more mm. concerned about making it work work than yeah. Really, yeah but okay but but okay here, here's another angle right <clears throat> i think marriage the idea of marriage in itself is perfect Things like like love, things like marriage. I think the idea is sound mm. and perfect, but once you throw human beings into it, do you get? Mm. So the, when you the, say human beings, thought parties or human people involved? Yeah, the two people involved. Like the idea, the concept of marriage and mm. love mm-hmm. and relationship, mm-hmm. it's sound. It's it's necessary, in fact. Mm-hmm. But what happens? The main thing is that people are not perfect. People are so imperfect, so flawed. You get so. When you throw imperfect people 
into a system that's perfect, that's perfect yeah. you get all kinds of yeah. unbelievable results just like democracy democracy on it if it's well done just on the theory of it mm. it's sound it's perfect it makes sense why you know it could work mm-hmm. but then what happens when you throw in human beings mm-hmm. with all kinds of agendas all kinds of of needs desires personalities mm-hmm. especially the system that's supposed to be for the people by the people mm-hmm. again a marriage is supposed to be like that a sort of you know democracy between two people mm-hmm. like we have we both have a say yeah in this but then if one person cannot compromise you know yeah. if one person is not willing to grow mm-hmm. you know if one person comes in with a secret that is just unbelievable mm-hmm. so that's the thing so i think going back now is like how do we develop people individuals who who who, who build themselves for the long haul of marriage mm-hmm. you know so if you're preparing, pre- preparing for a long journey what do you do you go and you look at your car mm-hmm. Make sure everything is okay. You go and you call a professional to size up everything, mm-hmm. tell you what is wrong. You want to know the truth of what is wrong with this thing. This thing yeah. So, and once you know the truth, you can address it. Yeah. But right. people never get to know the truth of themselves or the situation, or they never, they're always blind to it and they never tell their partner. Yeah, right. So, they enter a car that is not equipped for a long journey. And when it breaks down, you guys are stuck. The person that, that, that joined you has to go and find their own. You know, they have to come down and find their own tactics. They start telling another tactic to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah. I think I think I like this ideology and uh, analogy really mm. because many, like I said, there's a lot wrong with our generation now, mm. and one of it, the, our biggest problem now mm. is tolerance and impatience. Well we don't we don't have any of those Mm. when i say any i don't even have that Mm. i'm learning to have Mm, it mm, mm. we are used to having a timeline to achieving what we want to achieve Mm. which is good Mm. but again when that doesn't happen like my uncle always says Mm. when you want to pitch for a business you have a business plan you want to pitch you know your pitch is meant to answer when how um um, how, yeah, when, how, where, yeah, the yeah, costs, because that, yeah. that's what your business plan really, yeah. Um, but the most important question mm-hmm. is what if it's not really when, how, what if this so called beautiful plan doesn't even work? Yeah, what if you die? Mm. What if this plan I invest 10 million dollars or 10 naira in it? And I find out that it's a useless plan. Useless what plan. if? Yeah. You know, we don't ask those questions. And somehow, that actually has contributed immensely to, one, our thought process today. Mm-hmm. And secondly, lack of tolerance for yeah. for each other, really. Mm. I think if people or humans mm-hmm. or individuals, especially Nigerians, can mm. learn mm-hmm. to tolerate people and respect people's spaces mm-hmm. the world would be a better place because i don't think the problem today is the government i think the bigger pro- the problem we have today especially in nigeria is us we make up the yeah. government but anyway yeah, we make up the government but <laughs> we don't some of us don't even believe we make up the government she, yeah she. so so we, we are there paying attention to the government when the government is actually you and i mm. do i respect you do i respect your belief systems mm. Do I respect your thought process or do I actually try to intimidate you as an individual? I'm not talking yeah. about government. Let's leave, yeah. let's leave VIO, let's leave Rosette, let's leave the government out of there. Yeah. 
But yeah, when I'm driving on the road, do I give you space? Am I tolerant enough to give you space to drive in front of me? Yeah. Or I will just go side by side. You know, those little those little things. Those little things really matter. Those little things define the culture or what we are breeding now. Mm. It's not about the government. You can get Obama to rule us, but Obama will also run out of oil ruling mad people. Yeah. Which unfortunately I'm among yeah. too as well. Because subconsciously now I'm not behaving like them. Yeah. And it's not even um it's not healthy. It's not, it's not, it's not it's healthy not, at all. We're not, not breeding the next not, generation properly. Nigerians, yeah. by default, I think we are even docile people. We don't even take anything serious. True. And the last minute we had, the last, I think, couple of, sorry, a couple of months ago, we had issues with the xenophobia in mm. South Africa, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said it clearly because that was when I, having my master, I was having my master class. Mm-hmm. I was like, something, we are very predictable. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen. As soon as they announce the winner of Big Brother, you see this xenophobia? <laughs> it's going to be still news. And trust me, as soon as Messi came out, came out as the winner, they were killing our people. Mm. But it wasn't the story of the day. I've thought about it from an ordinary man perspective. All the winners in Big Brothers, as far as I'm concerned, are losers. Hmm. Yes, I feel they are losers because if we were in a good system mm-hmm. that works in yeah. terms of politics, yeah. if we are in a good system that works in terms of politics, I would not be looking for an endorsement by Dano Milk Indomie because of the amount of followers I have. Mm. I would rather meet these politicians and pitch to them the weight of my fan base. Mm. So do you have anything positive to say to Nigerian people? I have one million people listening to me now. So is there something you have to say now? Mm. Why are you chasing over endorsement? Mm. by who and once they endorse you what next so I, I feel they are not using the platform properly, properly. Yeah, to disseminate the proper information that needs to go out there mm. your followers don't really want to see the endorsement because they are not sharing that money with they you know, they start know. thinking about your audience switch perspective how do you want to better their life what extra information do you want to give them that can work for them independent of you? Mm. Because you need to see how you could change the narrative in your own little way. Yeah. And hence the reason I said they were losers. Not because they didn't do well. or they, Because I looked at all the series of the games they played. Very impactful, very thought-provoking Broken, and all yeah. that stuff. But what was the ripple effect of the games? You win money? Did that even make them a better person? Really? Mm. For those that even had attitude and attitudinal problems, mm. did you even show us the audience that knew that they had a problem that probably voted one or two of them out? Mm. That yeah, they are going through these changes mm-hmm. and through this process of rehabilitation and all that stuff. Why must I get out and want an endorsement? I'm just saying, I'm, I'm questioning the status quo. Yeah. Why must the result of me coming out from Big Brother be an endorsement, really, by mm-hmm. the same society? That is flawed. That is flawed. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's like a farce in the yeah, end. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're just we're just in this quagmire. Man. It's a man. So we get we forget things easily, and I think we've been built to be numb to events around us. We mm. just fall in love with them as they happen passively, mm. uh, and we don't actually ask those 
third degree questions. Okay, why is this event happening? Why now? Mm. How? How were they able to execute this? Mm. If they did, mm. what were the ripple mm. effects? Mm. Is it affecting me or affecting my kids at the end of the day? You know, so we are not, I think, simply put, we have not been truthful to each other, to ourselves. Yeah. Access, because, again, it's only when you're true to yourself, you'll be able to ask exactly. stop provoking questions. Exactly. Right? Yeah, we've not been able to do that. Uh, but before we, 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 we go off, one last thing I want us to, to talk about. You know, you're as, as the CEO of Wedding Doctors, mm -hmm. someone who is in the wedding industry and trying to um, be one of one mm -hmm. through your content and your ideas. You already have a lot of uh, history and experience and stories to draw from in the wedding industry that uh, you can that you're using to apply to your show called uh, Beyond the, the Veil, yes. which is, I was, I was oh, uh, those of you listening, I was privileged enough to be one of the anchors on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my man here has something cooking, but mm -hmm. I would like us, you to just <laughs> tell us, tell us something in your experience, a story in your wedding, from your wedding collection. Oh, that Wedding collections. Okay. Um, yeah. I've been in this, I think, and the wedding doctors has been existing for, I think, three or four years now. Mm. The idea of coming up with a show now is largely influenced by those stories mm -hmm. that I've encountered as mm. a service provider to these clients. Yeah. I've had stories whereby the, the bride returns the ring at the after party on grounds that she caught the husband sleeping with the chief bridesmaid when they went true to story. change up. And this true story. And then uh, we have stories of a bride running back to her father's house four days after because the genitals of the husband is bigger than what she expected. And um, it sounds funny, but this is true story. It happened in Jukwe. Yeah. And uh, we've also had a fair share of stories from the elite, the middle class. Mm -hmm. And I drew my conclusions from there that, that first things first, there's a problem. Mm. And the problem is people are getting into this marriage without even getting to know themselves. Mm. And I think it's fair enough to say human beings evolve and yeah. you can never completely know a the person. other party, a person. Because I don't even know what my reaction will be when I see my wife pregnant. Yeah. I don't even, it's different from the reaction when I get into that theater. Yeah, It's also different when I see my wife breastfeeding. Yeah, Same is applicable to the other party. Mm. She doesn't even know what her body system will evolve into when she eventually gets pregnant. Mm. So there are many events that are going to happen that would define the picture it has got nothing to do with like oh i never knew you were like this mm. man there's a lot you will never know yeah and you will always keep knowing as time passes yeah but what we need to train ourselves about is again back to tolerance and willingness to accommodate the other party when that time comes, comes yeah. when that evolution occurs mm. and with what i've experienced in the past years i said okay fine I've been a service provider to these potential couples and married couples mm. over the years. And uh, all I've been doing is taking money off them and really not paying attention to the marriage. So over 60% of the marriages I've covered have crashed. Shit. For me, that's even more emotional. Shit. Yeah, it's really emotional because the idea of documenting your wedding is because, for lack of a better word, I want to be a stakeholder in your marriage. I yeah. want to be able to come back the next year to cover your baby bob documentaries, yeah. to do your baby one year anniversaries, yeah. all those things. But those things don't even happen. Mm. So over 65% of the marriages I've covered have crashed within the first four years. And that's too high a number. And I said, okay, fine. 
how do I start to educating and um, informing the next breed of potential newlyweds yeah. on the possibilities of what could happen or you know discussing the possible problems in marriages and you know making you aware of that phase before you get into that phase yeah. and not just as a service provider but as a concerned platform so we're designing the platform in such a way of rather we've redesigned the platform to be more of an ecosystem between mm. the service provider now and the vendors. I mean, the service provider and the client, mm. whereby we just don't document your wedding now. Um, at least within the first one year, we should be able as service providers to to be in contact with you, yeah. to, to not only check how your marriage is going from the marriage counselor's perspective, but even your business. We yeah. knew you actually had to sacrifice a lot doing that wedding um, in terms of funding and finances. Yeah. As as visual experts, as content developers, we're also looking at how to help you ease off within the first year yeah. um, of your post-marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're still stuck with you mm. even after your wedding uh, to see how you can recoup. And most of the couples that we've even, I think one or two or three, I think three of the couples we've covered are actually clients now mm, yeah mm, they're, they're mm. actually part of the system yeah uh, we use them as service providers too as well to order people and that's what i'm hoping to build in the, yeah, in the future mm. so for beyond the veil beyond the veil is a web series yeah. largely inf is influenced by two events yeah that has happened in the past those stories that of course i cannot reveal names on um if you notice this year i took a break from picking up weddings yeah i said okay fine do you know what let me concentrate on creating a value product for yeah. my couples and yeah. my target audience yeah. not just about weddings yeah. but let me start giving them solutions let me start preferring solutions yeah. to what it is uh, so yeah wedding doctors have beyond the veil is just one of the many segments we've designed for the wedding doctors mm. we have 10 segments that we've we've designed and had have content for yeah um we have the sports segments we have the exclusive mm. interviews mm. my favorite segment coming up soon is called the closure oh and the closure is going to be, it's going to, it's going to make or break the a whole lot thing. of people. Oh yes, yeah, the closure and that will be coming up hopefully, uh, in February, hopefully. And the closure, simply put, is about, uh, uh, yeah, it's in January. Within January, January, yeah, the closure. Yeah, so the closure is about. Uh, now, this is it. Marriage is a sensitive phase, right? Yeah. And the realities of staying married mm -hmm. is completely dependent on your event, the past events and whatever has happened. And amongst the past events are your exes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the closure, mm -hmm. it's a roundtable discussions without your, with your exes before you move to that phase. Oh, so on the, on the show, we'll have a roundtable discussion with any of your exes, maybe oh. two or three weeks before that. Again, uh, we have securities in case the thing turns into something else. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, trust me, it looks like it's almost impossible, but we've got it all figured out. Yeah, so I would shot, love to be part of we've that. We've shot a um, couple of episodes of yeah. that. So hey. I'm sure people, people, that's one of the episodes, one of the segments that we are very positive. About. We changed the narrative about a lot of things because I learned a lot in that particular platform uh, segment. I learned mm. a lot. So yeah, before you get into that particular phase, mm. and I feel that's the best gift to be honest i can give any potential couple now yeah because 
a high percentage of marriages have crashed today because of those back doors that are always open mm. either to third parties or mm. exes or even in-laws yes. and i'm like it's about time the in-laws take the back seat now yeah yeah let's have a proper closure yeah. for the both of you to have a same marriage and no, no, no. if it involves keeping your exes where they are <laughs> or bringing back your exes to yeah. take the position your new wife is about to take mm. then so be it so if the relationship breaks in front of that table mm. i think it's healthier than getting into marriage and, marriage and still having, that, and still dark having cloud. that dark cloud around you so yeah it's going to be one of the most thought-provoking content of the year in africa yeah you know what um yeah. see yes sir People go around talking about what it means to be creative, yeah. whatnot. And I've always said that being creative is not about being able to do the thing. Mm. Anybody can do the thing. What makes a person truly creative is how they use the thing to do unexpected things. And Papio Mexi, like, I love it. Like, this idea, the way I've, I've seen it being built upon and growing the, mm. and the, 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 the just the, the concept of the whole thing, that is how you take a skill, you know, and make it larger than, like more than just being able to capture. You get what I'm saying? I get what you mean. You know, so there's, so some people are creatives in that they can pick up the thing and do it. They've mm -hmm. mastered the skill, so to speak. Yeah, the technical know-how. Yeah, yeah, but a creative individual takes all their life experiences, all that they are, inside mm -hmm. and out, mm -hmm. and uses, and then puts the skill in the middle of it and yeah. creates something that could um you know upset the status quo and that for me I, when i whenever i see that you know i know that there's like your g man you know when, when, it, when it comes to people like <laughs> da vinci michelangelo all these guys who they were they were more than like we know we know da vinci as the guy who did the mona lisa last supper mm -hmm, all these things mm -hmm. but if you do if you really like look at his life he like painting was just the tip of the it's iceberg totally of what he was about you get yeah and this is that spirit that i like to see um, in our service providers, and this is how this is how communities evolve. Yeah, you completely. Know? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Because what you've done now is going to help other creatives start thinking deep, more, more, more deeply about how their skill mm -hmm. can influence yeah. a larger sector of the market. This is where the world is going to going through. And you know what? There's a thing I like to say: uh, the future belongs to those who can learn multiple skills and combine them in creative ways mm. that's really mm. it like you've learned this you've learned that okay mm -hmm. how, does, so how everything does everything work and sync yeah add up and yeah. that's what you're doing and i love it I, i'm so grateful no 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 you have no idea i don't you you know you're onto something but i'm telling you that yeah. you don't even know what it is you're, you're onto <laughs> no to be honest i think that's what even keeps me excited really uh, i have a very fantastic um uh associate uh, mm. she's been amazing um diola Mm. Um, the CEO of Phoenix Media. She's right here, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, she, she has actually largely influenced um, my decision on the path I've been designing for the past months and mm, years. Mm, mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, what you'll be expecting in 2020. And, and to be honest, we, are, we, we still do weddings now. Yeah. But again, differently. Differently. So you, you just don't call us now to document your wedding. Mm. We're, we're looking at creating... And giving any potential couple now mm -hmm. the opportunity of having their own mini reality series. Mm. So just don't call us to cover your traditional. Just give us your wedding and we approach it as a project. As a project. So from your proposal, your introduction, mm. everything has been documented at a subsidized rate, by the way. And you know what's yeah. even cool? I think the love 
of families or couples that will be open to having their stuff, you know, displayed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for a wider audience. Mm -hmm. So now imagine if it is made with the kind of eye that you're using to create it. Yeah, you get, I, I know. like, yeah. it's not just a show. I mean, it's still a show, but then if you're someone who's involved, the way you're going to approach it, Mm -hmm. The way you're going to, the closure aspect, mm -hmm. you know, the different ideas and things that you're going to be helping those couples address mm -hmm. in, in a way that they haven't even considered. Yeah. Like it just, it takes the idea of wedding. At, yeah. To a just new way beyond. Frontier. Way beyond it. I agree. I agree with you. And that's creativity, man. Thank you very much, bro. Papillon, you know what? Have a gift for you for just, just for being your, who you are. Wow. Two, actually. One, as you can see, I'm wearing this Amir by Amir hat. Wow. You have I your own black on black on black. 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 <laughs> Black. That's what I'm talking about. I'm black. Man, I'm that's black. like a booking now. This <laughs> oh my God. Yes, sir. This Amir, Amir Car. Man, this that. is swag, yo. Look at that's that. me, yo. That's me. Just look yes. at that shit. That's me. Amir, Amir. Amir, that's Amir. It. With this one, I'll be greeting people. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. This is like Toban now. I don't need to tie Toban. They have the drawing here. Pretty much. Yeah. Your yeah. set. Man, yo, your yo set. man, this Am Amir. Amir by Amir, man. Amir by Amir. So what he's the guy that is there that I'm wearing now. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have eye. <laughs> <laughs> no eye in this, this thing now. No eye, no eye. So no is, eye. There, is, there, is that all? You no, have another thing? Oh, there's another thing. Oh, yeah. There's another thing. Now, another sponsor of this the show is uh, Derma Prescription Skincare. Uh, and they have offered. This is a gift card, thirty thousand naira, to use any of their services at their location. <laughs> you know, I'm not finished talking. I can come back when. talk. <laughs> Please show the camera. Let's see. Oh my god, man! The Merle signature, man. Yes. That's a swag, yo. Derma RX. Derma RX. Now them be that. Yes. Yo, Derma man. Yo, Rx. that's us, man. Thirty thousand naira soup. Is, no, on? not so. Like you can go to get get a whole like massage skincare on your face. They will give you like a whole routine, you mm. know, make you look fresh and sexy. Are and you serious? That's it, man. Is that what you use? <laughs> because I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's for you. That's and then who said to yeah, right here, right here. Where your massage is it by female or by male? Because you know, you know me. And you, you asked the same question when you were about to start school, now. Is it women yeah. or <laughs> so I need to know is it by female or male? It's by females. By female? Yeah. Are yeah. we done? Let me go now. <laughs> With very nice hands too. With nice hands? Yeah. At night. Oh. <laughs> Man, Dama signature, Dama Rx. Is it? It's Derma Rx. Okay, Dama Rx signature. And that Rx is like the 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 um, X-ray now. No, it's the official symbol for prescription. The word prescription. Oh, okay, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's really cool about uh, Derma Rx is that they they tailor your skincare routine to what your skin what's is actually like. Oh wow. Yeah, so they will do a whole thing on your skin, find out what you need. So no two. Uh, processes are the same. That should be the wow, beauty of wow. the Can you put thing. this back inside the envelope? Oh, yeah. The, the envelope. Man, I love this. I love this. Man, yeah. Dama, Dama Signature, man. Thank you very much for this. Dama, Dama, Dama RX. Dama RX. So I must put the RX. Or Dama Prescription. Dama Prescription, man. Thank you, guys, man. You guys, no, it's are, yours, it's yours. You guys are amazing for this, man. So within the next six months... You're no, right. is this six months? Six months. How many times can I go? 
Well, it's thirty thousand naira gift card, so so I can always be going now. So if you use 15k for maybe one thing, you can. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not. You don't. You, so I will just decide how I want to spend. Just, yeah, just go there, find out. They do home service. Nice. I can tell the girls to come to. Me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm joking. Oh, no. <laughs> I will be the one to come. Oh, don't take it personal, please. I will be the one to come. Don't worry. But hey. you see, once I come, once people walk on my body. You will come up, people. Yeah, let me let me get some shots. Man, take some shots, man. Then just some swag and shit. That's me, yo. That's me, yo. Hey. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey. Yeah, man. Papi, yeah. yeah, papi, yeah, man. Yeah, that's swag, yo. Yeah, that's me, yo. That's me, yo. That's me, yo. That's Amir, yo. Yeah, man. Yo. Yeah, give me side view, man. Yo, so I never shave, man. But no matter, man. Well, yeah, like that, man. Over here. Yeah, man. I'm here with you, man. That's me, yo. Mad. Mad, man. Mad, Mad. man. Mad. Oh, yeah, with the demars. Even me, I. Call Question. It. Yeah, so, so you, you, you don't have to. Pick it. <coughs> I'll just do the picture, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That's mm. me, man. Yeah, man. That's it, man. That's me, man. That's the mass signature prescription, yo. That's we, man. That's you know, no, 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 Who they here? Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> they Oh my god, yo man. Got it. Yeah, you got it, man. Nah, man. Send that shit to me, man. Yeah, so on, Papillon. So we can continue. <laughs> thank you very, very much for coming on. I, I want to talk more now. That's you want to talk more? I want that 30,000. It's one session. It's not just one session. One session, one card, but man, thank you for man, coming on. Thank you very much, bro. God bless you, man. All right, so thank All you right. very much. Thank you, brother. This has been Emeka Okolo. Yes. And Rodney. Yeah. On the Young God. Podcast. This is the Young God. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow me on IG at the Young God Pod, and on Twitter at I am the Young God. Slide in my DMs anytime. Send me a message, comment on my post, and I'll be happy to hear from you. I'll respond, and let's build a community of people who are just doing the most, trying to be better, working on excellence, and are just dope, yo. From one go to another, Rodney, out.